Alright, welcome back to Killer Queens. This is part two of Janine. Mm-hmm. Crazy bitch. bitch. Uh, I'm Torella. I'm Tori. And we're your hosts. Um, and we're awkward as fuck. Goes without saying, but now you know. It's so bad. I'm, I keep trying, but I, I'm actually making it worse. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we are, um, like Tori said, doing part two. Right. So if you haven't listened to part one of this case, you'll want to go back. Otherwise, it's not going to make a damn bit of sense. No. You could start from the end and work your way forward, but we won't. We don't um, recommend it. Sure. Yeah. But who are we to tell you what to do? We're not your real mom and we never will be. Exactly. Um, this is also a lighter kind of podcast, so, you know, if you haven't listened before, we're just gonna gab at you, gab with you. Yeah, we're just gonna just be your gal pals and just mm-hmm. chit-chat, keep it light, but keep it respectful. Absolutely. So, as a recap, last week we talked about leading up to the police investigation. So, obviously, there were many many more deaths than are normal for the pediatric ICU that Janine Jones worked in as a nurse and definitely people were starting to be suspicious and she ended up leaving the hospital that she was originally working at and then she went to work for a private clinic and lo and behold children started to die there too so the child that kind of tipped authorities off yeah was chelsea mcclellan and where we last left off after she had passed away her mom had gone to visit her grave and janine jones was there and she was acting really weird and kind of rude yeah kind of rude just acting also like she's met chelsea one time I mean, maybe as a nurse, you would be, I, I would think it would be very difficult to, like, lose a child in the course of your work and stuff like that, but I'm not sure that you would be invested in the way that everywhere. she was, yeah. Yeah, and she was also, like, talking to Chelsea's mom all the time, like, calling her and stuff, I think. Like, it just got a little strange. And then the way that she acted there, Chelsea's mom felt suspicious. But then also, in that in that one month, like we said, seven children stopped breathing or had seizures in Dr. Holland's clinic and required emergency services. So that's when the questions started arising. Chelsea's mom brought it to the attention of authorities, and now we've got an investigation on our hands into specifically Janine Jones, which we haven't had before. Before it was, we think there's a nurse here. And the other hospital did suspect her. But again, they didn't want to deal with the PR firestorm, so they said, we'll even give you a letter of recommendation. Go on about your business. Yeah, you need to be somebody else's problem. Yeah, let somebody else deal with it. Dr. Joe Vinus started looking into the deaths, and when he contacted Bear County Hospital, they said, short answer, you have a baby killer on your hands. (laughs) What the fuck? Wow. That's not okay. Like, no. Oh, by the way, um, you've got a baby killer on your hands, and thank God she's not on our hands anymore. We've washed our hands completely of it. Mm-mm-mm. Like, what the fuck, dude? You guys released her into the wild, basically. And you just can sleep at night knowing that that's... Yeah, that's your problem now. Yeah. 
At first, Dr. Kathy Holland was considered a prime suspect, which, Ugh. yeah, of co- I mean, of course. It because, falls on her. Exactly. This caused her practice to flounder, created marriage problems for her, and she suffered financial difficulties. See, and that's the thing with these cases, or with any case in general, like, you think about, because obviously there is a very clear idea and clear it's very obvious who the victims are yes not disputing that yeah but there is a ripple effect exactly it touches everybody in so many different ways and i would have never ever thought about something like that unfortunately you know yeah exactly the practice that she worked for now this is what the hospital was trying to avoid but i think as a hospital you've got more like, Dr. Holland is the only provider at this clinic, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just her. There's nobody else to take some of that financial burden well, off. Right. A hospital has many backs that it can kind of can carry that burden. Yeah. And they've got probably attorneys on hand and like all these kind of things. So they would have been better equipped to handle it. Right, the resources. Yeah. And like now Dr. Holland is going to have financial ruin. <laughs> yes. All because of this bitch. Like, yeah. So a formal meeting was held at the hospital with Dr. Holland. The hospital asked if she had any succinylcholine in her clinic. My favorite, just from all of the forensic files. Yes. Succinylcholine. Yeah. That's like a never, we always were super intrigued with that word for whatever reason yeah because of the way the guy said it oh yeah the narrator is so good oh yeah if you've seen forensic files you've heard him say succinylcholine he always Mm -hmm. drags it out well he's so it's very dramatic but done in such a great way it's like it it's necessary i don't know oh yeah top notch oh yeah first class (laughs) uh she told them yes they had it but they never used it and the hospital asked dr holland if she trusted her employees to which she told them yes she did. Hopefully she does. She shouldn't have. But hopefully, you know, because, I mean, yeah. Uh, why would you have somebody on staff that you didn't trust? But, I mean, the hospital did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I could see, like, a hospital, there's so many people working there. You're not going to be in close quarters with every single person every day, like the supervisors or whatever. And as a big corporation like that, you've got, you know, the owners and whatever, then you've got supervisors underneath that that you're trusting to manage their teams of all these people, whatever. There's just so many more people that are involved. I'm doing spirit fingers for this, essentially. I have lots, no idea why. Lots of lots spirit of fingers. This is the tree. This is like the <laughs> all the people that work there. Sure. But then Dr. Holland, she's just one person, and she's got maybe like only like two spirit fingers underneath her. Right. So... You're going to hope that she trusts those people. She knows them. She's worked so closely with yeah, them. But you'd also hope that she'd fucking pick up on some of this shit, right? You would hope. Because you've got... Well, you've got children coming in for very, very... Routine. Booster shots. Yeah. And, yeah. Things like that. And then vaccines that kids get all the all the time. All the time. And she's like, oh, Weird. So and so stopped breathing while she was getting her yeah R was it measles MMR MMR shot yeah yeah stuff like that well and also okay so at a hospital it's like you know how many nurses come in and out care for a patient all that kind of stuff at your clinic where you've just got one or two nurses 
who was in the room with all these kids? It's the same person every time. Right. There's no question about that. And mm-hmm. you know it's not something that you did. Right. I mean, I'm not faulting her, but I mean, there could have been, if you, if that's your line of work and you have your own personal mm-hmm. clinic and you could lose your license, you got to be aware. You got to be aware. Yeah. So I don't know. But she, she said she trusted everybody that worked for her. Later, though, Dr. Holland talked to Janine, who was acting suspiciously. Hmm. Janine brought up the succinylcholine bottle out of nowhere. And she didn't know, like, how could she have known that they asked specifically Dr. Holland about that medication at the hospital meeting? Because Dr. Holland... She's like, well, I'll swan it. <laughs> I never thought you'd talk about that. Exactly. And Dr. Holland didn't tell her about it. Mm-hmm. So when she brought it up, she was like, oh, by the way, I found that missing bottle of succinylcholine. And Dr. Holland was like, I didn't know we were missing a bottle of that. What do you mean, the missing bottle? I like, got a clue is... answer for you. It was Janine in the clinic room. With the succinylcholine. With the succinylcholine, yeah. That's exactly what it was. Dr. Holland checked the fridge, and both bottles that she knew they should have had of succinylcholine That they there. never use should be, yeah. Mm-hmm. But one of the bottles had needle marks in the top of it. <laughs> Dr. Holland immediately turned over that bottle to the authorities. That's a big problem. The bottle was taken to the lab where they were able to see the seal on the top of the bottle had been punctured, and the seemingly full vial was tested and was found to be 80% saline. <gasps> oh my gosh. Which means a lot of that shit was used. Mm-hmm. You know Dr. Holland fucking threw up. Mm-hmm. Had to. And at that point, I mean, we talked about, like, you gotta be aware. I, I, I stand by that. I think that you should. However... Janine's real fucking good, you know? Yeah, she is. And if if you know what meds you're supposed to have, I don't know if these have to be, did they say it was in a fridge? It said it was in a okay. fridge, yeah. So yeah, you know what meds you're supposed to have in your med fridge. You go in to the med fridge once a day or whatever. You don't see anything missing. You would notice, I would think, a medication that strong. You would notice, I'm supposed to have two of those, and I know we don't ever have to use that. Why do we only have one? Or if the bottle is in there but only has 20% of it left in the bottle or whatever. Yeah, so she's definitely making it to where no it's one's not going as noticeable. To, yeah. yeah, because this happened when, when I worked at a the one of the plastic surgery offices, and I managed it. There was a suspicion that one of the estheticians was taking Botox. Now, Botox comes in a vial, and you mix it. It comes as a powder. You mix it, reconstitute it or whatever. But so there's supposed to be the ones that we had were 100 units in a vial. But it's a teeny little bit is one unit or whatever. So there was no way... You know, the doctor was like, I want you to every day at the end of the day, he wanted me to count all the fillers, which those are in individual syringes. You can tell how many of those are there. If there was one missing, I'd be able to tell. But with the Botox, are you supposed to measure or like weigh it? There's no way to. So like he wanted me to pick the vial up and hold it up to the light and be like, I don't know, is there 50 units in there? Is you there can't 60 eyeball un- that. You cannot eyeball that. And so I'm like, I would be able to tell if a whole vial was missing, but I can't tell individual units. Like, there's no way for me to know that. No. So, I mean, there are ways, like, when when it 
If it is a medication that takes very little to make a big difference, then even if you were to hold it up every day, you might not know that some of it had been used because it's it takes so little, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, I, I just, I feel bad for her because, you know, she trusted the people. I, you just have to wonder, though, like, okay, in my clinic in the last month, seven children have stopped breathing or had seizures out of normal visits. What's the reason for that? And the only difference is I hired this new person. Yeah. And maybe she thought that they had gotten, like, bat, a bad batch of vaccines or something. Well, that was the argument. Yeah. But still, I don't know. I mean, it does suck. But not all of the children that had stopped breathing or had seizures came in for vaccinations. Like, one was just for... That's true. There was a all physical. kinds of stuff. Yeah. One was... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I just, I do feel bad for her, though, because when they, you know, when the investigators were like, by the way, you said you've never used this and it's 80% saline. Right. I feel like it was just Dr. Holland giving too much of a benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. It does. Investigation discovered that Jones was targeting children of non-talking age with potentially serious problems in the clinic. These children would then have sudden seizures. However, children who could talk and or only had a minor ailment weren't in danger. Because obviously that would look weird, you know, if they came in for like, I don't know, a cold or something. And then they're like, oh, and then that kid had a seizure. But if if it's a kid who had pretty significant health problems, obviously the parents were writing it off and saying, I believe these medical professionals these conditions that my child had did make did lead to death or serious complications so and she made sure that they couldn't talk because then if a kid gets a shot they're not supposed to get they're gonna tell they're gonna rat her ass out yeah exactly so just very calculated very calculating and preying on children i just can't Mm -mm. hey y'all As you may or may not know, we started this show as a hobby, and it's grown into what we hope to one day be our daily hustle. So over time, we've watched it grow more than we could have ever imagined, thanks to everyone listening, you amazing, beautiful, sweet little baby angel people. Yes, and since it has grown, we want to give the show and you the time and commitment you both deserve to keep putting out as much quality content as possible. And that's why we made the decision for me, Torella, to focus all my efforts on the show. And to do that, we need support from our BFFs. So we have about 5,000 subscribers from what we can tell. And not everyone who listens can or will give. And that's totally fine. But if everyone who is subscribed gave even $10 just one time, That would allow us to completely focus on the show full-time for 10 months out of the year, which we could then finally put out videos, which we've been talking about for For literally before anyone has ever even been born. Yeah. And more content in new and interesting ways. Yeah. So if you love the show and you want to give, you can support us in two ways. You can join our Patreon community. And for everyone listening who is in the Patreon, thank you so much. If you are not part of the Patreon, you get access to all of our extra episodes, 
You get early access to regular episodes. Uh, when we start doing ads, you'll get ad-free content. You get other perks, all kinds of stuff in the Patreon. Or you can go to our website at killerqueenspodcast.com and just click on the donate button to give a one-time donation. So Patreon is a recurring monthly membership. The donation on our website would just be a one-time donation. Either way, we feel so hashtag blessed and we are so lucky to have such an amazing community of people who get who we are and want to gab about these cases with us every week. We love you and we are so excited for what's in store for 2020. Thank you so much for listening. Lilas. Bye. Dr. Vincent DeMeo, who is a forensic pathologist, noted that it kind of became a joke in the medical community that deaths would occur on her watch. Why are we joking about this? What a silly joke he made. Like, oh, that Janine, everybody dies when she's around, haha. I don't know. I don't get the ha-has about it. It you kind know? of became a joke in the medical community. How about it became a serious concern and we went to authorities? <laughs> right? Jesus. Gregory Easter, an epidemiologist, examined the statistics of the death rates in the hospital at Bear County and found that there was an increasing amount exclusively on night shifts. The deaths coincided with Janine Jones's shifts. There were more than 200 people on staff that came through that ward, and he charted all of the individuals on duty at the time of the 30 deaths in the hospital. He gave all employees numbers, nurse 32, had significant and higher risk of deaths to patients compared to when she was not working. It was 10 times higher when she was on staff. And Nurse 32 I was going to say, but I can guess. Janine. Yes. Yes. The hospital staff had suspected her from the beginning, but when Dr. Holland had asked the staff for a reference for Jones, they gave her a good reference. Are we taking crazy pills? Yeah, exactly. I don't understand the whole thing. I don't understand being like, okay, we're just going to fire you. Good luck in in all of your endeavors. I really don't understand the positive recommendation, but let's just say that they stopped there. Either way, it's fucked up and it's wrong. But let's say that they just fired her and didn't give... What what was the point of giving the recommendation? Is it because they were worried that she was going to sue them? Or like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, I guess they were just like, because that happened with, uh, I cannot remember his name right now off the top of my head, but um, he was one of the, Cullen maybe was his last name? I don't remember. He was like one of the doctor death kind of people, yes. you know? Yes. Where he, and he would jump from hospital to hospital. They fucking suspected him too, but they would give him a glowing review just to get him out of their hands. Right. Like, I don't want to deal with it. So... Maybe they thought if we give her a bad review, then this hospital or company is going to say, well, why wasn't that investigated and turn it into authorities and then it'll be on us again or whatever. I don't know. But that's extensive to avoid a PR. By the way, now that this has come out, that looks way worse on you people. Because instead of seeing a nurse who was doing something that they weren't supposed to do and fucking investigating it, now you've swept it under the rug and allowed more people to be killed that 
should not have happened. And so now I don't trust you at all. Isn't because there an oath that they take? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're yes, you're supposed to be protecting these people, healing these people. They're supposed to be safe with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened to that? Like, how can you go to sleep at night? This is the kind of the same kind of thing where, like, when... There's prosecutorial misconduct, you know, when, like, knowingly wrongful convictions and stuff, and those people never get prosecuted. I I feel like these people should be prosecuted. Because if you know that there's something going on... If you stand idly by... Yeah. Then you are just as guilty. Absolutely. That blood is on your hands. Mm-hmm. Because that's so many more children that and died that didn't need to die. Not only that, but just how disgusting it is to know that and then make jokes about it. It's like blatantly obvious mm-hmm. that you're completely aware of it and making light of it. Yeah. These are people, these are children's lives at stake here. <laughs> like it just is so, it's disgusting. Yeah. And to turn around like, yeah, like you said, to fire her is still fucked up just to fire her and not have her investigated anyway but then to turn around and give a good review knowing full well that kids were 10 times more likely to die on her watch you're perpetuating it and you are condoning it and you are participating in it yes that is active participation it's fucked up. Despite their suspicions, though, the investigators could not prove the succinylcholine overdoses because there wasn't a test that was sensitive enough at the time. Until a doctor in Philadelphia, Philip Readers, began conducting experiments on succinylcholine. Chelsea's samples from her autopsy were sent to him, and he took the samples to the Karolinska Institute in Sweden. An experimental protocol called gastromatography was used. That test heats and separates molecules in samples and then measures the speed of separation from each other. Traces of succinylcholine were discovered in Chelsea's embalmed tissues. Oh, wow. So And had no business being there. And had no business being there. Exactly. Jones was charged with the poisoning of six children. She pled not guilty and claimed that she was trying to stimulate the need for a PICU in Kerrville. What? Stimulate the need? So she's causing children to need to be in the ICU. She's just doing it for the community. Is that what she's she's doing? Yeah. It, she's doing them a favor. Right. Because they don't have a PICU right now, so children could... If we put them in grave danger, then we will need a PICU. Right. Wow. I have been living life wrong. I mean, I she's just trying to, like, create jobs, boost the economy. She should run for president. Wow. That's actually really smart. What a crock of shit. And also, how are you going to plead not guilty and then be like i I, i'm not i didn't do it i only did it because yeah it wasn't me it was that guy over there right but i did it because yeah it's asinine i mean just horrible like oh well we didn't have one and we needed one but nobody would understand that we needed one until a lot of kids had really serious health problems so if they had emergencies then maybe we okay do you realize that's like a billion dollar endeavor like to build something like that not gonna happen and why are you why are you taking it upon yourself first of all even if that was the goal which wasn't it was not the goal But let's just say for argument's sake that it was you are not the person to take that on by yourself 
And also, if there are actual, like, the only way that that, like, to put people in harm's way to, for the greater good, is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Which, again, Mm -hmm. not what she was doing. No. Absolutely not. Either way, if it was, wrong way to go about it. Join the city council. Right? Go talk to people. Go pass out flyers. Hold meetings. uh, Make a little sign. Nope. And pick it, and yeah, um, I don't know. We need to pick you. Like, go to hospital administrators, have meetings with them. Call Andy Cordan because it's messed up. It's messed up. Like, there's plenty of things that you can do. Yeah, Mm, but she chose to murder children. I am sorry. I'm not seeing the Robin Hood no mentality. Like, that's not working for me. No, it doesn't. It one of these things is not like the other bitch. Exactly. Her trial began in 1984, and she continued to maintain her innocence throughout the trial. I just don't get it. I'm innocent, except for I did it because. It's just, like, yeah, fuck you, lady. Yeah, like, yeah, fuck you. Chelsea's parents testified that they'd taken Chelsea to the clinic twice, and both times she had seizures. Her mom said that Janine gave her daughter the injections and claimed they were just typical immunizations. However... As soon as Janine injected Chelsea, she went limp like a rag doll. God, that's terrifying. Because succinylcholine paralyzes you. Yes. Petty testified, that's her mom's name, that Chelsea whimpered and tried to say mama, but she couldn't get it out. My God. Oh, my God. On the day Chelsea died, Janine injected her once at the clinic and then again in the ambulance. Because they allowed her to be in charge of her. Be in the fucking ambulance. Jones was always alone when any child had a seizure. I just, why, why did they let her? She's not even an RN. Why are mm-hmm. they letting her be the one to maintain her care in the ambulance? Like, that should be a paramedic, or they should have let Dr. Holland in there. Yes, exactly. Not, like, why was Dr. Holland following in a car? Her previous victims at Bear County Hospital were poor, minority, or migrant, and the parents were less educated. In the case of Chelsea, her parents were the exact opposite and were not blind to the fact that what was happening was wrong. On February 16, 1984, Janine Jones was found guilty and sentenced to 99 years for the 1982 murder of 15-month-old Chelsea McClellan. I just, the, oh my God, could you imagine? No. 15 months old. No. I would die. I don't know how people survive that. It's, it's so sad. While already on trial for the murder of Chelsea on November 22nd, 1983, it was reported that Jones was being indicted for the murder of Rolando Santos. She was sentenced to 60 years for the injury of four-week-old Rolando Santos with heparin. As of May 2016, she was a prisoner in Lane Murray Unit in Texas Department of Criminal Justice. However, Hmm. a Texas law created to prevent overcrowding in prison states that people convicted between 1977 and 1987 who maintain good behavior in prison will get one day off their sentence for every good day in prison. One day for every good day. How hard is it for her to say, I'm just not going to cause any problems? Because that was never her problem. No, she's very capable of being an upstanding citizen because she's watched other people and can mimic that. Yes. She just cannot be released and left to her own devices. Absolutely not. And she's 
only going to do what benefits her. So, of course, she's going to maintain good behavior. Right. Because she knows that mandatory release is coming. And one day for one day, how that's super easy to cut your sentence directly in half. And yeah, even though she's a convicted murderer. Yeah. I get that overcrowding is a problem. Maybe let's do something to stop it on the front end. Maybe let's help rehabilitate people. Maybe let's get some programs out there for repeat offenders. And Well, sure. And I think, yeah, taking taking a look at what the crime is and then, you know, tweaking it to for that 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 offense. I don't think that there's any rehabilitating someone like Janine. No, no. Jones. She got sentenced to 99 years for a reason. I don't understand why it wasn't a life sentence, but whatever. Still, Janine Jones was scheduled for mandatory release in March of 2018, but in May of 2017, in an attempt to prevent her release, she was extradited to another jail in Bear County and indicted for the 1981 murder of 11-month-old Joshua Sawyer, who she injected with an anti-seizure medication called Dilantin. Then, in June of 2017, she was indicted for the September 16, 1981 murder of two-year-old Rosemary Vega, who was in the PICU recovering from an operation for congenital heart defect. Unfortunately, after she was convicted the first time, the hospital wanted to protect its reputation and deter bad press, so they destroyed the medical records. That's the that's the right thing to do. Which is actually illegal. You have to keep them for a certain amount of time. I guess after that amount of time, it's okay. I, I would like to know in what time frame did they do that. Well, Because, again, they need to be prosecuted for something. What the fuck? Why would you... I just... I'm about to fucking pop off. Right? I get that, again, because that kind of goes along with the overcrowding issue, especially back in the 80s. Like, you can't just have a ton, a ton, a ton of... Um, medical files and things because they're not on the computer. It's difficult to store the them. However, if it's something that could potentially be used for a murder trial, mm-hmm. shouldn't that like statute of limitation? Like, shouldn't shouldn't there there you would have to keep that forever? I you know what I mean? Like, shouldn't you have to have that always? Yeah, and you would also think if somebody died at your facility. You should also be aware that there could be, like, that's why they all have to have, like, malpractice insurance and all these things. So there may be an insurance situation where you're going to have to have those files because you're going to have, like, a wrongful death lawsuit or whatever, or the insurance is going to want to investigate that because if they have to pay any damages out or whatever, they want to know, like, what the situation was. Like, I get that maybe in routine people who had no problems, treated and released, everything's fine. After the allotted time, you're going to get rid of those. Like you said, it's all paper files. We, you know, don't have anywhere to store them forever. But people who died at your facility, you'd think you'd keep those longer. Like that would be your, I'm going to hold on to this pile. The reason they got rid of the files was not because of a storage issue. Exactly. (laughs) because they didn't want... Yeah. Bad blood on their hands. I'm sure the only ones they kept are the ones who were treated and released with no problem. They were like, well, all the files we have, everybody was fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Like, yeah, just to deter bad press. Here's the thing. If they if they don't have enough evidence to charge her on these other ones, she can get out. Mm-hmm. And that's only 
Again, that's participating. Yes. She's 69 years old right now. So that's still a lot of life left to live. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people that I know of that have lived well in their 90s. Yeah, exactly. So it now, surely to God, she's never going to get another job in medical. But there are other ways to commit crimes. Yeah. What if she opened an in-home daycare? Exactly. Th- that's not that's not uh regulated by any anybody anybody what if she becomes just... a lunch lady yeah yes yeah all these things like again you'd think they'd do a background check if she did something like that but people are really good at concealing stuff and there are plenty of people who hire people and don't check shit like they're supposed to mm-hmm. they just don't do it they don't feel like doing it and yeah. they're like this is a lunch lady job who gives a shit right maybe i mean just you know, there are people who are like that. So it's dangerous. She's dangerous in society. It's irresponsible to let her out Mm -hmm. based on, and I, I mean, we are very, very much advocates of rehabilitation. I think that it is incredibly possible. I think that there need to be a lot more resources to be able to rehabilitate. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this is a case where, where that's, that's applicable. No. And, and I do understand you know, wanting, like we said, to avoid that overcrowding, let's focus on not overcrowding prisons with nonviolent crimes. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out ways to help those kind of people. Um, violent criminals too, sure, like whatever you can do to help them, but somebody who murdered 40 of, yeah. kids at least, yeah. that's a life sentence to me. That's, we need to keep that person behind bars. That's a priority. Let's let's put our resources into people that really really can be rehabilitated. And right. And I'm sorry even if Janine could technically be rehabilitated, I feel like she's lost her privilege. Mhm. Like it she's gone too far. She can take it up with God or whoever she believes in, but to me, you're not safe for society. That's past. Now. I agree. Yeah. I so agree. I just, I'm beside myself. Yeah. District Attorney Nico LaHood said, As people are well aware, I believe that children are a gift from the Lord. Janine Jones did not see children in this regard. She's pure evil, and justice warrants that she be held accountable for the crime she committed. Our office will attempt to account for every child whose life was stolen by the actions of Janine Jones. Our only focus is justice. He also stated it was unconscionable that she was suspected of up to 60 murders and everyone felt they could not do anything. Our intention is to hold her accountable for as many deaths as the evidence will support, but we have to have the evidence, so we will continue to work within the confines of the law to do that. We're going to take it one day at a time. I'm fairly confident that we're not going to get 60 indictments on her, but we will get as many as the evidence supports. Before her scheduled release, D.A. LaHood brought forth indictments for the murders of more children. In December 2017, Janine Jones pled not guilty to all five counts that were brought against her. Um, We did mention 11-month-old Joshua Sawyer. Uh, She was also charged with eight-month-old Richard Ricky Nelson uh, from July 3rd, 1981. Four-month-old Patrick Zavala on January 17th, 1982. Uh, we did mention before, two-year-old Rosemary Vega, 1981, and three-month-old Paul 
via Real on September 24th, 1981. Okay, so just to go back because something that I feel like is interesting or bears repeating or needs to be said. The first step in being rehabilitated is to admit that you have done something wrong, correct? I mean, you can't change your behavior if you don't think that you were guilty of anything. Yep, that's true. She's not admitting guilt at all. Mm-hmm. Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. There's absolutely no way that she would be able to to fix her behavior. She doesn't think she does any, she's done anything wrong. Yeah, that's very true. She's like, what? Me? Yeah. Right. This it's is like, just the natural course of what happened. Like, how could I have helped that, basically? So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I think there's probably anybody could be eligible for rehabilitation. If But you, the first step is to look out at yourself hard in the mirror and say, okay, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, I but need I to can make fix some this. changes. Yeah. yeah. I need to, there are some things that I need to do to change my heart. Yeah. And she's not in a place to do that. And so, yeah, like exactly like you said, she's going to have to take it up with somebody that she yeah. believes in later on in life. Well, that's because where her heart is supposed to be is actually a dead lump of coal or something. Yeah. She's not even, even the Grinch could grow his. Exactly. Even the Grinch. She ain't no Grinch. Mm-mm. On February 14th, 2019, My San Antonio reported that Janine Jones was found competent to stand trial despite her attorney's claims that she has diminished capacity due to strokes. It's believed that she killed between 11 and 46 children, but other reports say it could be as many as 60. On May 23, 2019, a CBS News article said that a judge is withholding a Bible, letters, and other personal items. They're claiming this is considered evidence of her ability to comprehend. Now, we did talk about the ripple effect a little bit, But because of the actions of Janine Jones, Dr. Kathy Holland's practice went down to four patients. She and her husband divorced, and her professional reputation was gone. She spent years rebuilding her practice. She she said she rebuilt her practice in Kerrville because she felt like she had to. Like, you know, she could have gone somewhere else maybe, but she felt like she needed to stay within that community. Psychologists have analyzed her behavior and think that Janine most likely suffers from histrionic personality disorder. Um, They cited these reasons for that. She becomes uncomfortable when she's not the center of attention. Despite being widely thought of as unattractive, she dressed provocatively and talked about sex to anyone within earshot, whether they listened or not. It's still so funny to me that her being unattractive is such a big like it plays such a big part in yeah this whole case almost you know like wow i mean being attractive or not attractive is very 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 subject like everybody's got their own idea of what that looks like yeah but it's like it's a fact that janine is yeah exactly they're like but she's not attractive nobody thinks she's attractive right it's yeah there's i mean there's conventional you know, beauty and whatever. But um, yeah, that is really interesting. It's like, okay, we get it. You don't think that she's attractive. I know multiple times through this case, we've heard that. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. She's, she talks about sex, even though like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen her? Yeah. It's so weird. She made a huge display of crying and grieving over the body of an infant that, as it turned out, she actually murdered. They said it was also reasonable to assume that she suffered from Munchausen syndrome by proxy. 
She not only caused harm to babies to try and save them, but she was also a documented hypochondriac. She had over 30 hospital visits complaining of various illnesses, but she left every time without a diagnosis. This would give her the care and attention she craved. That's another interesting, like, I would have never on the surface been like, oh, Munchausen's by proxy, but it definitely is. Right, yeah, because normally you think of like a family member or somebody like that or like Gypsy Blanchard or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's definitely she because she's getting the attention from these children dying, whether it's good or bad, whether it's wow, you saved that kid, which is what she believed whenever she put them in harm's way and then saved them. She knocked that squirrel out of its nest with a rock. (laughs) And then or, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you lost a child at work. And like, just how narcissistic you have to be to make something like that about yourself. I mean, obviously, she's creating this problem and environment and narrative for herself because that there's no, I mean, it would be awful if it happened to her just by chance or organically, but she's creating it for herself. But then it's like, Okay, this isn't about you, though, you know? Right, yeah. Like, let's talk about parents who lost their kid. Um, Also, you fucking caused it. Exactly. Yeah. We have a few quotes from Janine. Oh, great. Can't wait. I look back now on what I did and agree with you now that it was heinous, that I was heinous. My only defense is that I was not of sound mind then or any time before 1994. <laughs> This is not an excuse, it's just a fact. God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, granted me a sound mind upon receiving him as Lord of my life. So that's what happened. She was saved in 1994, so now she thinks that she's of sound mind. That's the difference? Uh, Yeah, I don't know when she made this statement, because even as recently as... 2017 she's pleading not guilty right so if she's you either accept responsibility or you don't yeah so is she pleading not guilty because she's saying basically like the insanity defense i was not of sound mind so technically i'm not criminally responsible because she also said i didn't kill those babies the voices in my head did huh I always cry when babies die. You can almost explain away an adult death. When you look at an adult die, you can say, well, they've had a full life. When a baby dies, they've been cheated. Really? You think so? Who cheated them, Janine? Yeah. Exactly. She's playing God in a very, very, very irresponsible... I mean, you should never, but yeah, she's... She did it for her own gain. Yeah. Yeah, just so that people would either look at her and think, wow you saved these kids' lives, or wow, poor you, what a tough day you had at work. Mm-hmm. A tough day at work, and that it cost someone their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yep. Cost Just for fucking attention. Up to 60 kids their life who couldn't talk yet. No. Yeah, you want to talk about being cheated. They haven't even gotten to be to the point where they can communicate with their parents. And their families did not have the resources to fight something like that yeah i mean it's just it's yeah you can't tell me that you didn't know what you were doing when you very specifically sought out a particular type of victim from a particular background knowing that they would not come back and fight it because they didn't have the resources exactly it is not coincidental that almost all of those children happened to be that way and probably by the time she got to Chelsea she got sloppy because she felt like she was never going to get caught 
because mm-hmm. she knew at the hospital they suspected her and they didn't do anything about it. They don't want to deal with it. So she got bold and yeah, that shows premeditation. I mean, it's, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. And how many times had she already done it? And she's covering up the succinylcholine with saline, you know, so that it doesn't look like it's empty. All these things. She's taking a lot of calculated measurements to hide what she's doing and to ensure that the people that she's perpetrating this against are people that are not going to be able to fight it. Yeah. And I agree. It You cannot be of sound mind and do something, do the things that she has done. But to say that that means that you are not guilty is ridiculous. Yeah, because people who, people who typically are uh, insane when something happens, when they're, when they're legally insane, they are not taking steps to conceal what they've done because they typically believe that what they're doing has a purpose or whatever it is. Like, Andrea Yates never uh, denied what she did. Um, she she told everybody right when it happened, like, what happened? Because she believed that she was doing something that was supposed to have been done. If she had taken steps to hide it or pretended like somebody came in and killed her kids or whatever, um, that would be a different story. And there's also, I cannot remember this guy's name, but there's a story, I believe this happened in Canada, where this guy was riding like a public bus, like transportation kind of thing. And he he had been hearing voices and he I think he had like brought a knife onto the bus with him or whatever. But he started stabbing people on the bus and the bus like pulled over and a bunch of people got off the bus, like whoever could. And when the police got there, this guy was still like actively stabbing somebody that was still on the bus and was like it it was awful I think like basically scalping him but like in front of the cop he didn't stop even when the cops got there mm-hmm. like that's insanity yeah because he doesn't he he doesn't even know what he's doing is wrong and he doesn't even know where he it seemed right. like he didn't really know where he was like the police being there he didn't drop the knife and run away when the bus pulled over and people started calling police he you know he was not in any way trying to to not get caught so like janine kept this up for years in a way that she obviously knew that what she was doing was wrong because she she hit it Mm-hmm. well well very well and she was just emboldened by the fact that the hospital could not have given a care yeah gave her a good review just to get her out of the way and she probably thought well if the hospital is not going to do anything about it and they've got all this money dr holland's not going to do shit about it so you know yeah she's even less equipped to handle something like that if the pr is the main focus of everybody then i'm golden mm-hmm they're not worried about what happens to the kids. They're worried about their reputation. And that's exactly true. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish that, like, whoever gave her a, at, at the very least, whoever sent that positive review should get something. Jail time or, I, I mean, because that's the kind of stuff that, like, that can't be just okay. I mean, I don't know what the right deterrent is, but because obviously children living or dying isn't a deterrent. Right. But, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. It's it's sad when you hear stuff like this because there are certain professions and certain 
places of business that at the end of the day it's a business and it's it it sucks like the the sobering realization that that's true mm-hmm. but you think of them as more than that people care they they want to it's a an ethics thing or a morals thing even mm-hmm. and then at the end of the day some people just treat it as a business like got to get your numbers right got to get the money got you know like it's it's driven mm-hmm. by that and it's really sad yeah it is really sad yeah cuz these are people Mm-hmm. These are people. And and like you said, they take an oath. Like, why go into this profession if you don't give a fuck about people? I know. Go work at the DMV then. Right. Like, right. there's other places to work. I just don't understand. Like, be an IT person or, you know, where you don't have to deal with people necessarily. Right. Like, where you can compartmentalize and, and just think about the numbers or whatever. Like, but... For Janine, she needed a ton of attention, so... Right, yeah. 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 It's just a scary, scary combo. It is, and I took my kids last week to get vaccinations, and then my normal nurse wasn't there, and I was like, dear God. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, obviously they were fine. I love our pediatrician's office, but this one definitely had me like, you know, Enneagram sixing it up. (laughs) Right. Like, my God. I mean, I've honestly always worried about that a little bit, but just being into true crime. But then, like, this week, and it happened to be when they had their shots, and I'm like, oh, fuck. That couldn't come at a worse time, right? Yeah. So, scary. So, I guess that's it, right? That's it. Story of Janine. That's yep. stupid bitch. Yeah. And hopefully she's not... I mean, if they're, if they're able to secure more convictions, then hopefully she won't ever get out. Yes, I hope so. Yeah, she needs to stay where she is, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you for listening. And we hope you guys have a merry, merry Christmas and happy holidays. Yes, whatever you celebrate, we hope that they are magical and amazing and perfect. Absolutely. We love you guys. Thank and you so much. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye.